on dispensers of pets, going out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts, you might be a trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch, turn to the letter F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary, take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy, damn it Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a Fanboy Daisy I'm a nerd over drive I will always survive Fanboy Daisy Are we going? Yes Are you sure? Yes Listen to Fanboys It's a Fanboy Planet Podcast and here's your host, a man who took a wicked leak, Derek McCall. Did you really? Are you happy with that one? I that one's I. Uh, you took a wicky leak. It's a skirt in the edge. Yeah, no, it Go isn't. Yeah. Go on ahead. Yeah, it's we're warning a new generation. It's topical. <clears throat> it's now. Uh-huh. It's hip. It's topical like a cream. Yeah, and here we are talking about comics. We're now. We're hip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm, I'm curiously underwhelmed by that intro. I don't know why. Uh, well, how will I whelm you? I don't know. We're podcasting on Tuesday, November 30th at Elusive Comics and Games 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara. Uh, of course, Don't look at me like that. To my left... Uh, yeah, how can you tell? You weren't even looking at me. How did you I know that? I have great peripheral wow, vision. You are amazing. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is the voice of my announcer, Lon Amazing Man Lopez. Oh. And I know it's amazing, so don't correct me. No, there's two. Oh, is it? There's an Amazing Man and Amazing Man. Well, see, man. that's the one I meant. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which one did you think you meant? The Amazing Man. Mm-hmm. The black guy. There you go. Uh, hmm. And uh, across from Lon <laughs> would be our podcast producer and moral compass. Rick, I got nothing, Brett Snyder. That's okay. You don't have to always have something. You're I'm the done. champion of Ricky Leaks. I am. <clears throat> mm-hmm. what, what secrets have you leaked today? Uh, secret sauce. Say no more. Well, seven herbs and seasonings. Spices. Spices, spices. man. Come on. Well, yeah. The Coca-Cola formula. The Coca-Cola formula, yes. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and wipe and Pepsi free and how Bristol Palin made it to the last bit in no uh, stop I don't want to go there I don't want to go there yeah. it'll only be frustrating yeah uh, so it's because she's hot what what she's got a fever we've got comics news we, uh, some comics news some movie news some TV news and conversation and review uh, let's start with some comic stuff there's uh, uh probably the biggest thing today and, and it's going to be this sort of this long-term repercussion is the i love talking about legal stuff doesn't that just excite you where's almost where's, as much as politics where's troy we, we didn't talk at all when we had a, when we actually had a lawyer here we didn't talk about counselor where is the counselor we need to get troy back in and in case uh i skipped over it last week i want to again thank troy for coming in on the weeks that i was not here and i'd like to have troy in on weeks that i am here so we can talk legalities uh there was a kind of a judgment uh well not a final judgment but but decisions made i guess you'd say legally you can't say a final judgment but decisions made and there's a suit a lawsuit between kirby jack kirby's heirs and marvel comics Mm. asking for a turnover or rescinding of copyright because jack kirby co-created almost every base person in the marvel universe yeah and they're even making a claim that, uh, although I think this has since been dismissed, they were trying to make a claim that he had rights over Spider-Man because of that 
we know that early on he showed up in Fantastic Four. Uh, no, Kirby drew a cover. Oh, that's right. And had yes. done an initial design, and uh, Stan Lee didn't like. You know, felt that it was too muscular and too heroic looking. Right. So they he went to. Ditto. Can I ask where's Stan Lee on this lawsuit? Is he? <laughs> He's not named. Stan Lee's okay. just very quietly stepping back and counting his money. He might be called. As um, a he witness. may be called as a witness. That's okay. that's true. The issue is not that Stan Lee is not. Uh, he is not identified as Marvel Comics. He is identified as a co-creator, and Marvel has taken care of him for mm-hmm. that, and mm-hmm. which is true. I mean, it, there's no question there that Marvel has paid him handsomely for being the face of of Marvel Comics, even unto today. Although I notice in uh, the Avengers <laughs> cartoon that uh, Joe Quesada is positioning himself as the new Stan Lee because it's co-executive producer. Stan Lee and Joe Casada, and Lee so, just launched like three new comics with uh, with uh, Boom Studios. Boom, yeah. yeah, the Traveler, Soldier Zero, and Stripperella. No, no, that one has not. Curiously enough, shown well, up in I comics. mean, that's why he doesn't have to work again because that oh, thing was right. such a but hit. But he's got all kinds of different. He keeps in it keeps in play. I mean, the guy's yeah. eighty seven and still he's got like two, three different comics companies doing stuff with him. Uh, none of them Marvel. Uh, so anyway, uh, so the federal judge has made several decisions bringing Disney into the case, saying nice. that it's that, uh, which is just a way of saying to the Kirby heirs, you're about to die slowly <laughs> and painfully. See this mouse? <laughs> this mouse. Ha- this mouse does not take <laughs> no for an answer. <laughs> I knew it was you, Kirby. Uh, so um, that's funny. Rejecting the issues over return of artwork because apparently, and this is not an acknowledge. This is actually almost an acknowledgement that Marvel is in the wrong, but the statute of limitations is up. Therefore, uh, even though Marvel admits that they have a lot of Kirby's original artwork, apparently at least fifty pages worth that in the seventies they claimed not to have. Uh, it's too late to pursue that claim. So uh, that has been discarded, even though it's kind of a tacit admission that Marvel, which is not the current regime, it is not Disney, it is not it is not Casada, it is not uh, who else is involved, Ike Perlmutter. These are not, you know, it's people in the 70s, but still. Um, the sins of the father. Yes, it is now down to what was, what was Kirby's working environment with Stan Lee at Marvel in the bullpen in the 1950s and 1960s. Wow. The question has been narrowed down. Was he legitimately work for hire? Apparently there's no real contracts left over uh, from that time or, you know, I mean, it also comes down to nobody thought this was going to be worth no, something no. 50 he, years he later. Gets author, I mean, he gets a byline on it. I mean, it's not like... Mm-hmm. Uh, settlement? I Probably once Disney gets into it. Uh, for is, there a, is there a Kirby character that's the heirs have uh, license and ownership to that they still can... Uh, Captain Victory, the, show. Right. the Galactic Ranger, so here's what Silver we Star. So here's uh, what we do to take care of the their family. in Pacific. Satan Six. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what we All do. All the Tops characters, yeah. Here's what we do. We print a... What was that one? Silver... Silver Star, Silver Star, or whatever, Captain Victory, or whatever. Print all of it onto a Jack Kirby's awesome T-shirt, and then people that want to support his heirs, just give your money to them instead of the Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Destroyer Duck, I think, as well is. Uh, yeah. Hey, that sounds cool. I'll buy a T-shirt of that. Yeah. Um, Actually, there's kind of an ironic uh, co-story, Disney-related. Um, Epic Mickey. Have mm-hmm. you been following this? 
The, uh, the I didn't know there was any controversy other than no, no, very just, dark just, and grim and gritty Mickey Mouse. But the Mouse. character that's in that, the the one that is drawn by Jack Kirby. No, it was originally oh. drawn by I've forgotten the name of the the, the rabbit. Um, Oswald the Lucky Oswald Rabbit. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Who was Walt Disney's first character. Who he lost because mm-hmm. he he went against the publishers and said he wanted more money and wanted more byline. They said bye bye. Yes. And it was only a couple of years ago that Disney bought back the rights. Uh, Bob Iger traded uh, with Universal. I can't remember exactly what the deal was, but Universal had the rights to Oswald because they'd handed it over to Walter Lance. They're not popular, but there were a few Oswald shorts directed by Walter Lance who did Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. Got that back because at a very candy move because for some strange reason, Oswald is huge in Japan. He's big in Japan. He's big in Japan. And Universal was getting that money, and Bob Iger made the deal so that he could have it back. So, I mean, this 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 uh, video game is the story of Mickey discovering Oswald and discovering his relationship to Oswald. Mm-hmm. They're related? They, in some, I haven't rabbits played the game. and mice get together. Yeah, partay. That is sick. Yeah. No, you sound sick right now. Are you no, all right? I'm just a little congested. Okay. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of Do you interesting. Do well, let's just can we just put it this way though? I mean, we know big business, we know big corporations. I think doesn't the law even apply to like let's say like software developers or something? I mean, you work for a company, you develop a product, is it and if it's under well, that umbrella, well, now and that's the question. Right. Is no one was thinking about it in those terms. Marvel claims this that Kirby did all this work as work for hire. Right. Which would then be you're you're absolutely right. Look, the understanding is he created it for Marvel Comics. It goes on. However, uh, and though no one quite knows the details of it, Marv Wolfman successfully sued when Marvel made money hand over fist doing the Blade movies mm-hmm. and did not get credit as creator of Blade. And <clears throat> so, you know, again, in the 70s, no one quite, or the 60s and 70s, no one quite saw the bonanza because the technology wasn't there either. Right. You know, someone leaked online. There was like a trailer for a, 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 a failed attempt at a, at a canon films version of Spider-Man. Um, so there was like just a promo trailer done, and it's even got subtitles in like in in some Middle Eastern Japanese? language, oh, Sanskrit. <laughs> it looks like it is. I mean, I don't know for sure, but it's not. It's right. not English, and it's not uh, Arabic. You know, you sure it wasn't Italian Spider-Man you were watching? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. it, it, it says canon, and it's got an English uh, narration. And this excitement, exciting Spider-Man is coming from. Yeah, but you realize on the web, canon. anything can be. But no, faked. it's you can tell it's real. Wow. It's legitimately, you know, they hired a stuntman to jump around in a in a Spider-Man costume. They, and I do remember when they had advertised it at Con that they were going to do this. Well, they had a if, Japanese Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, that's a but. Yeah, that's a different show entirely in yeah. the '70s, which became more of a kaiju thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the technology just wasn't there. You thought you'd do the spider. And if canon was your best shot at making the film, well, I, I have yeah. um, five words, Superman 4, Quest for Peace. Um, so, But, but anything that's been Probably made the in the last, um, pretty much in the last 30, 40 years has been, had some, some level of contract involved. I mean, the, 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 the uh, I mean, you were just asking about software. If you're working in a software industry for a company, even if you decide at home at night to write a program of your own, right. you've already assigned an agreement with your employer that they have right of first refusal. It doesn't mean you can't sell it, but you have to offer it to them first. Mm. And so, I mean, the, the, maybe not in the 70s, but certainly in the 80s, there were all kinds of, uh, there was all kinds of turmoil about individual creator rights, and mm-hmm. that's when a lot of the <clears throat> second and third rank uh, 
uh, comic companies came out and mm-hmm. so the big issue here is really just money for the heirs or are they saying that he's not giving getting the proper credit or is proper credit not being given because they fear it'll give more money um both maybe because hmm. um, I, I think one of the things that apparently got dismissed was they were upset that he did not get credit in X-Men w- Origins Wolverine but I'm thinking I create Wolverine no though. there was not a single character in there that I could maybe and I should, I should take back Professor X and the Blob yeah he might no might one moves the Blob isn't Unis in that one the Untouchable no Unis isn't in Unis Origins oh right right he's in um, X3 yeah, I've lost track. Yeah, because uh, those last two movies we've just we're mentioned bad. were execrable. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you know, I mean, and on the flip side, I was reading something, and then we'll talk about it a little later. Um, you know, Nicholas Cage was talking about Ghost Rider and said I was I was reading Man Thing, which was something Stan Lee did back in the seventies. Like Stan Lee had nothing to do with Man Thing, but everybody, you know, uh, well, and Steve Gerber didn't uh, create Swamp Thing either, did he? It Swamp was Marv, thing man thing? a man thing, man thing. Len man Wein thing. created Swamp Thing, right? I think Marv Wolfman created Man Thing, and it was Steve Gerber that took over <laughs> right, Adventures right, right, of the Fear right. and is given that, right? You know, so I mean, it gets murky, but everybody still goes down to it's just, as Troy Benson argues. Everybody really thinks that Marvel Comics publishes everything, right? And the same thing goes, and Stan Lee gets credit for everything when. You know, he turned over the day-to-day to Roy Thomas. He turned it over to So we're ba- you're basically saying blame Stanley. I'm not saying blame okay, Stanley. Okay, moving on to the next one. No. Well, and, and then still another legal issue. Apparently, apparently the, uh, on eBay, <gasps> Rick's company. Um, on e- it's <laughs> Full not, disclosure. It's not eBay that is, uh, that is at fault here. Uh, but there is a holding company on the East Coast that is, uh, they have all the assets of Comic Co., do you remember Comico that did the Speed Racer? Uh, no, no, that they was did Grendel for a little bit. They did Grendel, they? yes, right, yes. Right. They did Mage too, didn't they? Yeah. I think so. Okay. So apparently CIM they I am valuable for something. Oh, I think Grendel, good. Grendel and Mage in the you, same book at the same time. You've huh? almost, almost redeemed yourself for those belches. No. no. WikiLeaks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's none of the. Those are more crabby leaks. Mm. Um. At least that's what you're telling us that smell is. Oh, it's awful. Anyway. Um, Smell-o-vision. Mm, it's pungent. Fetid. And I'm all out of soda, too. Oh, I can't give you any more. Hold on. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't. No, I'm serious, man. It's horrible. We've had to Just live let me swallow it. some more air. Oh, no. How about- hey, at least be happy it's coming out this end and not the other end. Yet. Well, thank goodness for small favors. What right. were we talking about? Uh, Comico. Anyway, the Comico assets, they have like color separation. Comico what? Assets. Oh, okay. Uh, all these things that they're putting up on eBay for auction, and then the realization is they have all this original artwork. They don't own that. It should have gone back to the original creators. If, do they have a bunch of Matt Wagner's pages? Pretty sneaky, sis. Pretty sneaky. Oh, Lon just connected four. And uh, so... That's just out there again. Creators' rights. It's Comico. Who cares? Up there, you know. Yeah, we are thankful. Know, Mac, Matt, uh, the uh, the Grendel early art that'd be worth a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know if that's what it what's in there or not. Mm-hmm. What else did they publish? Were they doing Green Hornet? Comico was, that was now? little. Yeah, who was publishing? What else did Comico publish besides Mage and Grendel? Steve Simonetti, everyone. Uh, did they do? Um, Zap, not Zap. Uh, the Scott Collins uh, book. Zot. Zot. Maybe. Did they do Scott any of like the Magnus stuff, Robot Fighter, or anything? Or no? Is that, that not? was Valiant. 
Sun, what was it about? Solar the man? That was all Valiant. Valiant. All, okay. I always confuse Valiant and all the Comico. Stuff that, all the stuff that Dark Horse now has. Yeah. No, you know, I, I suppose. That was kind of around that era. I don't yeah, remember. it was. It was a lot I of think it. they might have also did like a Robotech or a Macross book too, I think. That's that it. Might have been That's it. it. Yes. See, I'm good for something. <laughs> okay, you are dead to us. If we're not dead first. Um, and, and then uh, Marvel announced just a few hours ago that they are uh, going to be the first online comics company as part of their online digital distribution to release books in Spanish. Okay. But the three books they're doing in bueno. Spanish are the ones that take place in Puerto Rico. Oh, can I guess Tom- which ones they are? Go ahead. Spider Hombre. Uh, no, Spider-Man is one of them. El Capitan Norte Americano. No, no it is the fan- two Fantastic Four books no. that had uh, Dia de la... El Cuatro Fantástico? Uh, yeah. Awesome! Uh, no, the books were not originally released in Spanish, but now they're translated in. It was like, you know, the, the thing goes down and celebrates every year. Uh, it's actually uh, El Cosa. <coughs> the thing. Actually, probably La Cosa. Uh, la Chose. I have the French one and the Mago figure. That sounds dirty. Uh, Le Chose was what the French Mago figures said. Um, So uh, by Tom Beeland, who does uh, True Story, I Swear to God, and he's married to a woman from Puerto Rico. Oh, so that gives him cred. No, no, no. But Marvel hired him to write three books. He'd written those. They were published in English. I would be more impressed by this effort if they were taking... Marvel Comics and translating them yeah. into Spanish instead of taking the Marvel Comics that are already set in a Spanish-speaking country and just turning them all over into Spanish completely. So There's uh, just no pleasing you, is there? No, there's not. There's not. Not when you're here, no. Maybe not. they're just trying to reach out to a new demographic. I guess, but it's only with three books. I mean, that are kind of pandering. Uh, well, I, I guess. They I take off, they saying. do four more. You know? Maybe. they. I don't know. I, I just... I, I mean, don't you think? I don't know. It's digital comics. You don't want to get stuck with a lot of inventory. Oh, so true. So true. That's a lot of bits that are being taken yeah. up by uh, by elves transporting them to my mother's computer. <laughs> uh, so that's really all I've got for comics this week, unless anybody else has something else. Any, really uh, sure. Anything you enjoyed from last week? Uh, mm. No? Okay. Uh, let's go on. Um I did like we did talk a lot about the uh, the wrap up of the Batman Returns stuff that mm-hmm, I think you missed, mm-hmm. and um, I finished. I got caught up in that. And I thought that was that was satisfying, but I do need someone to interpret the Bruce Wayne Returns series, the six issue thing. I'm uh-huh. still trying. I've read that through twice now, and I'm still trying to figure out what the heck was going on there. I, I think we really withheld information, and yet still did not play unfairly. This goes to an obscure corner of DC continuity, yeah, which is actually picked up. And Grant Morrison's been doing this since the graphic novel JLA Earth Two. Okay, Owlman is Thomas Wayne, right? What or the son of? He's not Bruce Wayne. He's Thomas, whose younger brother Bruce was murdered, and his father is the commissioner. That's on Earth, on the, Earth on the crime syndicate's Earth. Okay, right, right, right. what people miss is there was is a Thomas Wayne Jr. in DC continuity that was actually done in issues of world, I think, either... You mean an illegitimate son? No, he's brained, he was 
considered brain damaged in the original stories that he said he was locked up for yeah he had been in he was an older brother that Bruce Wayne didn't know about and was only for a brief time in the 70s they talked about it but here's what, what so he's kind of like Chuck on Happy Days he was in a he was in a baby carriage he was like a, as a, as an infant was Martha or the nanny was walking him and there was a car accident the car ran in kind of careened off and hit him and gave the gave the baby brain damage and so they in the dark secret of the Wayne's past, they had locked him up in an asylum. This was the story he was told in a diary. He read in a diary, and then the adult had come out and was kind of psychotic but and not very bright. That was the guy in the pointed domino mask. That's who Dr. Hurt turns out to be. Uh. In the 70s, the continuity was, and then this was basically uh, something had happened that made him a vegetable, but that made him a perfect body for dead man to possess oh and God. so Boston Brand possessed him for a couple of issues and then everybody realized <laughs> what you just said this is a rather distasteful plot line and they stopped mentioning it and so what Grant Morrison is saying is that Dr. Hurt all along has actually been this Wayne ancestor from did you just burp again silently because I smell fetid crab oh, so um, uh, that uh, anyway that uh, like 250 years ago just lingers. this Wayne had made a deal with Barbatos, the bat demon, that has been in the continuity for a while um, and was even made it into a version of Batman Forever, the Val Kilmer one, um, that Barbatos made this deal with him for immortality. It was somehow a little bit damaged, and he himself is basically psychotic. And So when the Waynes tried to realize they had this guy running around, they tried to rehabilitate him. They concocted this story of the... It, it just gets ridiculously complex, wow. and it means you've had to have been, like us, children of the 60s and 70s that could obsessively read every Batman story you could remember and put together and have that book 30s to the 70s, and then I think it was in a 100-page spectacular was the thing with the... Um, with dead man possessing him i didn't even have that book it's just somebody i knew you know and whenever i go to somebody else's house if they had comics i'd read them uh and you I did. are you are truly amazing I so will say that well this is why i'm probably one of the few people that actually can follow some of the things okay that Grant so is doing. so in this context now bruce gets hit by the omega beams goes sent back, back in time goes back in time now he said something about having to having to destroy his own memory, so he really didn't know where he was. So that the what was it the the thing that was following him through time was going to latch onto his chronal energy and then basically eat the present day reality. So if he didn't have his what? memory, it couldn't track him. It, it couldn't, couldn't know him. who he was. How did he destroy his memory? Is that just another Batman thing? Batman's always got He's a plan. Batman. It's, Please it's, remember that fantastic JLA right, confidential. Right. The first three issues when he goes, Alfred. Open the science fiction room. He's always got, <laughs> got a plan. And that is Grant Morrison's view. Now, a lot of people are really upset about this idea of Batman as the Internet. But I, to me, it's just like, well, what a, we've done yeah. all these other versions I, of I'm it. I'm not upset about it. I think let's it's kind have of this and let's see. Let's idea. move I, the story through. I like what Dick Grayson and, and Damien have been doing in Batman and Robin. I don't want to see that. I really away. liked that first thing with... Uh, uh, with um, Paul Cornell writing where where they they enter the room and and Damien says we've got to stop doing this you had a line I had a line it's not supposed to be fun and Dick Grayson's like well why not it's like well now that you know it's like and and an acknowledgement that now that Dick Grayson is has been publicly acknowledged as even though he's not known right, as Dick right, Grayson right. but that he might not be the original Batman he's like free to be his own version yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah. oh that's kind of cool so uh, it was, I did love Damien going you're not a ro- you're not a, a clone or some lame robot are you 
I am tempted actually to pick up Teen Titans because Damien's going to be joining the Teen Titans. Oh, really? And I'm thinking that character, you know, that group, watch. would yeah. be pretty dang fun. So yeah. I, I'm tempted. I mean, I know I've let it go for a long time. Uh, and I did want to put out that our friend Mick Gray, friend of the podcast, is now inking uh, Outsiders ah. over Keith Giffen's pencils. I talked to him at, uh, at uh, Ape. And he was very excited to say, you know, Giffen's really happy with his work, uh, and we need to bring Mick back in. Yeah. Um, but I saw some of the pen, some of the of his inked pages, and went again. This is like Keith Giffen back when he was starting on Legion, when we all became big fans yeah. of Giffen's work. He's kind of gone back. He's enjoying it, and it's you know. I don't know. I still think Didio might have been responsible for why I stopped reading Teen Titans, so I'm a little leery, though I like... I thought it was Jeff Johns. Uh, no, he wasn't writing Teen Titans oh, at the time. Okay. I think it was Didio. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, not to confuse with how I feel about Didio as an editor-in-chief uh, uh, or a publisher, I think he's he's done some great things for DC. He's great at conventions. I just didn't like that storyline. It ticked me off. So, yeah. But I might check out The Outsiders again because of that. Uh, lured back in by knowing Mick Ray, so yeah. and loving Kate. There are worse reasons. There are, there are. Like, uh, well, you know, I don't have any money left over because DC is getting way too much of my money as I'm buying all these other. But crossovers. they're lowering their prices next year, so they say. So, movie news. Hey, guess what? It's a good day for Derek when DC announces that uh, Aquaman is. Almost definitely, maybe happening in a decade from now. Uh, five years from now. This is because they're not going to do an Aquaman film until uh, they get another Superman and Batman out. Till we get a Flash out. Till we get a Wonder Woman. So it's never happening. And even Green Lantern too. No, those things are happening those very are all fast. Happening in the next five years, very quickly. Wonder Woman movies. Not happening because they are. No, no, I think they, I think they mean the TV show. When they say that, it's sort of a blanket. Superman's statement. happening. Batman's happening. Green Lantern one and two will be happening. Flash. And the Flash is in. It's on fast track. Well, no it ain't going to be Ryan Reynolds anymore. No, so. it's not. I'm thinking Neil Patrick Harris. Dude, um, no. wow. I don't know who. I, Donald okay, Glover, Channing Tatum. No. By the way, Donald Glover's coming to Slims like next week. What? Yeah. Where's oh, Slims? Slims in San Francisco. Doing stand-up? I don't know if it's stand-up or like, they usually do music do there. Do folk music? I don't know, but it's it says, I am Donald. That's like the name of the thing. I am Donald with some other thing. I'll, I'll show it to you. I hate yeah. To, I, 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 this is a stretch, but you know Neil Patrick Harris? Uh, about yeah, I know seven, him very well. Yes. Seven, seven, eight We're years like ago, maybe I would have liked to have seen him as Impulse. A longer than seven, eight years ago, because the guy's in his late thirties now. Okay, fifteen he's not years in his ago. Late thirties, is he? I think he is. Um, Early thirties okay. now. He's about your age. Really? You're late thirties now, I dude. Guess. I'm okay. sorry, but when he oh was, no, I know. Your I life am. is halfway over. As no, a teen or early twenties, as he could have been a great impulse. I don't. See yeah, him as, I don't see him as the Flash. I don't. Here's like, the thing: I could see him as a Wally Flash. But yeah. not as a Barry Flash. Yeah. Okay. okay. Maybe because a Barry Flash is delicious. But he voiced <laughs> that pun worked. Wow. Dang it! Um, he voiced the flat, the Barry Allen Flash in Je- Justice League: New Frontier, and so uh, he had a good match of voice and oh, character. Okay. I, the thing is, he still has a young voice. Like he sounds like yeah, a kid, does. which is why he's he Nightwing does. in Under the Red Hood too. Sure, but I'm just saying that Barry always seemed to me to be more of an older yeah. guy. Yeah. More responsible. John Hamm. Then should we just throw John Hamm in He's there? Too for, old, though. I know everybody. He's too old. Is there who is there of the in the in their late twenties, early thirties that has the weight, the gravity that fits what you think Barry Allen should be? 
I need time to think about that. Okay, you but, can have time. Uh, Let's go back to it because I want to talk about Aquaman. This is really just, or Aquaman, as again, Young Justice is confirming that that's the pronunciation because they keep saying Aqualad. Because um, it's Aqua. Aqua. As an aqueduct. Yes. Uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio's company, Appie and Way, is Are producing this. Are we going to talk about Young Justice? We talked about it, yeah. uh, but you know, like this has been like a year, at least two Comic Cons ago. Um, they had announced that um, Appian Way Productions was interested in doing an Aquaman film. Yeah, but and isn't so this the same company that, that bought Akira or, or uh, Macross or, or is that Tobey Maguire's? Tobey Maguire's company. But I understand Aren't the confusion because the they're, they're not the same. They're not. Each one has. They're both buddies. Two movie stars cannot have the same. Should not share You're a production right. company. No. No, but they. But you know what? That's well, yeah, all. Yeah, Tobey Maguire has Robotech. But let's just let's just call it what it is. I mean, these are these rich kids. They start their own production companies, but they do they really have production companies like not like say Peter Jackson or well, Guillermo Appian del Toro. Way, Appian Way produced um, Orphan, that fabulous. Oh yeah, that was a hit. That was a good. One. Uh, well, people still talk about it, and I'm, strangely enough, it's become like a ritual for my students to watch at their cast parties. Hmm. Uh, so why they love it, or they love it because so bad? Um, yes, because we did mm. Bad Seed a few years ago, so it's like their generation's Bad Seed. Mm. And so you know this evil killer sure but I mean orphan's out. something you can do you can shoot that over a weekend you can't just shoot Aquaman I know but it's Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio I mean who knows and I don't know you but I don't put, know if that's who wants to do it if you he put Leo actually, as Aquaman I don't really want to see that I don't either because I don't know it's just me but Leonardo DiCaprio is still you know even he's just a chunkier version of himself at 19 I still don't take him very seriously in adult roles I still feel like was good though it was good. He was good in it, but I still feel like he still feels like he's mid twenties. Like like he's playing dress up in adult yeah. serious roles, and I yeah. and and I think he's a good actor. I just I just have a hard Even time buying it. Even when he's aged Howard Hughes, it was not. I think it may be just because the first thing I ever saw him in was What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and he was so amazing in that yeah. in that movie. I hate being that kind of guy, but I have a hard time shaking. You froze that. him in time. I kind of did. Is Mark yeah. Valley too old to play Barry Allen? I would like that. I don't know if he is. Hmm. I don't know how old he is. He reminds me of a Barry oh, Allen. Man, he'd be great. Nice choice. Well done, Lon. Took me a minute. Well done. Where's but he he's kind of a human that. target. Oh, yeah. He could be a Barry Allen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, if you'd get the crew cut. Mm. Um, so apparently this week there have been charges of racism in Middle Earth. It's interesting that you should mention Peter Jackson, mm. Lon, because a casting director on The Hobbit was fired for discriminating against skin tones in their extras among hobbits. You can't do that? Apparently, uh... You can't say, uh, sorry, your skin's too orange because you're a Hollywood wannabe, and... Uh, uh, they weren't you, saying orange. They weren't saying orange. That orange wasn't the problem. Oh, what what color are we talking about here? Um, what color are you? Uh, nice, a nice cafe au lait? Are we talking brown people? I, I Darkies? <sighs> talking, that's what we're talking about? Dark-skinned uh, people? We are talking dark-skinned people. Okay. Yes. They, really? They discriminating against, not allowing, and so he was fired. Well, were there any black hobbits in the book? I don't know that it was... Rick, you've probably read it more recently, and by more recently, I mean within the last three decades. So, yeah. Mr. Frodo, Mr. Bilbo, Mr. Jackson, They're Mr. Brett Schneider, what is your opinion? I... No. They, even though... I mean, they are... People of color are well rep- represented in the British Isles, but the I, th- I think they all come across as as representative of uh, of native the natives of Great Britain. The, the, it, they're they're they're, they're uh, 
Western European. Well, you know what? The casting director was just doing his job. Mm-hmm. He probably had to take the fall because uh, yeah, yeah. NAACP or whatever, or NCCA. Well, we don't know who actually called Or the right. NCAA. Yeah. It's tough because when Or you, the MPAA. If you're going to read Grimm's oh. Fairy Tales, right? Uh, are there people of color in Grimm's Fairy Tales? No, not, not, you know, it's all, it's all European story, and that's just where things come from. It, it's true. I in, in I just saw a trailer for Red Riding Hood. Well, okay, Hood. let's let me. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah. Oh, looks All right. good. Can yeah, I just does. point I'm out? Be, but looks it does, good. It looks like it has promise. Yeah. All right. Can I just point out something that will sound racist, but I'm trying to make a point. Uh, let's just give it a nice buffer in case it actually is. Go ahead. All right. So let's just take let's just let's just take it from the practical side, right? It's always at 31 minutes in. I don't know okay. what it is. Let's just from the practical side. You're going to do a scene where you need a bunch of hobbits, right? Okay, I was just saying that, right? Yes, yes. So let's say you want to be PC, and you go, look, hey, I don't judge anybody by the color of their skin or anything, so I'm going to hire this guy and make him a black hobbit. So you have the scene, you're going to have a bunch of little hobbits running around. Does it throw off the scene to you know have one, you know one hobbit stand out? You know what's wrong with that? Is that there's only one. Okay, well and then really if if so if, yes, if you if had if you had a, a multicultural village, if you're in a small village, there's going to be a family or two uh, and then if you're going to say we've had and you, you have to you have to admit that the races came from different parts of the world and they migrated somewhat before there was tra- you know mechanized transportation. Sure. Mm-hmm. The average person didn't go more than 200 miles away from So what are you saying? A black, a black hobbit couldn't afford a flying eagle to no, migrate? you just have to have an explanation. Oh, okay. That this just is saying. just another... Because that that's how they migrate is. in Midgard, right? Or Middle Earth or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They uh, come on Midgard, eagles. Yes. Midgard's um, another No, there is an eagle. He's paid attention. Was right. there an eagle right. flying? Yes, yes. Okay. Come on, honey. Pack up the flying eagle. We're mm-hmm. moving. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Get the kids, but I mean, you, you but you know, even Gandalf changes colors in that movie. You know, he starts right. off gray right. and turns white. Right. Yeah. right. So, I mean, maybe that's just the theme of Lord of the Rings: is everybody turns white. You know, maybe that's just the way. Or it is. sometimes you get really red and then crispy black. I don't. Understand I don't know. I don't know how to either. Gollum. No, he turned white too. Didn't no, he? he fell in a volcano. Well, okay, yeah, after he died. <laughs> He got really red, really. But black, he started as a hobbit, be black, and then turned white. So, uh, yeah, I'm sensing. Yeah, I actually, you know what? To answer your question, we're saying yes. Lord of the Rings is racist. Well, Lord of the Rings is uh, racist. racist, and the Hobbit is well. The Hobbit, nobody really. No, yeah, okay. Hey, I, 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 Every great mythological story is a little bit racist. Thank oh. you, Avenue Q. <laughs> <laughs> well, we solved that question. That'll be an awkward one. To, speaking of races, Ghost Rider 2 is being shot in Europe right now. You mean like racing races? Yes, I was. Oh, I was, I was yes, I was, I was uh, shifting Thanks meetings. for explaining the joke, shifting, Lon. Shifting gears? Thank you, Lon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Black people. All right, go ahead. <laughs> was that 32 minutes? What? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so never... How come there's never been a black Ghost Rider? Uh, I, there might it actually was yeah oh, in okay. a miniseries that Mark uh, was a Mark Garth Ennis wrote wasn't that the one with the Civil War Ghost Rider I think so well, yeah okay good it was an escape slave now I don't have to start my protest group no you don't okay good um anyway Ghost Rider two is being shot in which they're now is Mark Stephen Johnson or whatever no 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 Neville oh. Dean and Taylor the guys that did the Crank movies oh. and wrote the original uh, screenplay for Jonah Hex oh. Oh. I, I have mixed emotions. Up on one, down on the other. Uh, yeah, well, 
Are they the crank movies have a have a I mean, crank movies a certain, are fun. There's a frenetic energy there. I think that's the that's all they're going for. You know, nobody wants a talky Ghost Rider movie. And this sure. is again, sure. um, this is going to be this is another requel, basically yeah. re- rebooting and saying that even though Nicolas Cage is still playing Johnny <laughs> Blaze, that it's a different origin. Is going to be Danny Ketch? I know. He's, uh, I, I think Danny Ketch may be in it, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely they're using Zarathos. And uh, that Nicolas Cage will be playing both because apparently he was CG'd in the first one and so he wasn't really acting the character uh, so much. And so this is – they're putting him in the motion capture and he's playing Zarathos and – Wait, uh, what's the difference? I forget. No, if it's CG, it can be modeled. No, no, Zarathos. What's okay, – Zar- oh. Zarathos is the demon that is bound to Johnny Blaze. And so Nicolas Cage is going to play the demon as well. Yes. Wait. So is Johnny Blaze going to be in this next one? Yeah, they're both there and bound together, and so there's going to be oh, like a different. Oh, okay. When he's in the Ghost Rider form, I thought you meant they were going to do the a demon. new Ghost Rider. No. That was not Johnny Blaze and not no, Johnny no, Ketch. No, I'm sorry for or Dan- Danny, Danny Ketch. No, but between Johnny Blaze, between the end uh, before the end of Johnny Blaze's series and before Danny Ketch started up, they said that was like the revelation in the last five issues of Ghost Rider that all along he thought he was just a cursed guy, but he was actually cursed by having bound by having a demon bound to him. Now, s- quick side tangent: Did you see the trailer for Nicolas Cage's new movie? Was it called Drive, Drive Crazy? Drive Angry or Drive, Drive like angry. Hell? Drive Angry, like right. right? Which is like an Escape from Hell movie, right? And he has like a shotgun from Hell. Which is kind of like what they did in, what was that? Uh, Ghost Rider? It was Ghost, well, it was Ghost Rider, but wasn't it called like Sons of Blazing or something? Oh, or? there was a, there was a, yeah, there was a... Uh, Rising Suns? Midnight Suns? Midnight, midnight, uh, yeah, yeah, midnight Suns? Sun? Midnight sun. Sun. Yeah. Yes. But he had like so Spirits Danny, of Vengeance? That was yeah, Spirits of Vengeance. So that was Danny Ketch, wasn't it? But Johnny, no, Johnny, Johnny Blaze was Johnny one Blaze. of the... What, oh, right, right. Because they were all related. I Johnny didn't actually change. He just had the shotgun. Yeah, the shotgun yes, from hell. hell. Yes. The shoot hellfire. Well, yeah. you know, I, I think that Neville Dean and Taylor, who are writing and directing, have a kind of kinetic... There's a craziness to their work. I read about half of the original Jonah Hex screenplay, which was very different uh-huh. in some ways from the final film. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so in this one, though, does uh, the Ghost Rider have to keep his heart rate at a certain level or uh, he burns out or he's something? He's got to get his temperature up. Oh, he's okay. got to always be at 451 So degrees. he's always eating like yeah. spicy Thai food and stuff? Yes. And just, uh, yes. If I drop below 205, yes, yes. I explode. Red mm-hmm. hot chili peppers, yes. Got it. Uh, so I need some jalapenos! Yes. Got it. That's exactly it. And so, of course, this, this week also, um, a favorite pet project of ours entered previews. And since no one seems to understand what previews are about, they've already been reviewed. Of course, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, which uh, my favorite headline was, it was like eating a candy-coated Black Widow. Yeah. So was that supposed to be punny like that? Though? Uh, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you watch the sixty minutes piece on? No, that? I did not. Dang. Did you? Did you? I did, and part of me it made me laugh, and then the other and part, then of, part me, of you cried. No, the other part of me went, "Oh, maybe I would like that." You know what I mean? Like there were parts where they were just showing. It's it's okay. It's kind of weird when you see, like, how old is Julie Tamar? Maybe, like, in her 50s, maybe almost I think, 60? I think, yeah, yeah So she's this just crazy, eccentric, artistic woman, and she, you know, she's obviously and very, brilliant. very brilliant and talented. 
But it's just funny to watch creative, artistic people that have that kind of freedom to just be artistic and crazy and free. And you envy it, don't you? I kind of do, God, but I, uh, I don't ever want to turn into that. Um, but you know, You're you can s- there. you can see her like just playing with all the the magic and the mysticism, and then you see like these you know two people like Bono and Edge who are almost also the same way, like right. total successful artists that are just crazy and free, and mm-hmm. and then you see them like you know uh, Edge just starts playing something on the guitar, and then Bono starts doing like a Hah-hah! you know, and then you just see like they're they're just doing their thing, and they're these creative people, and it's kind of very hippie and organic, and it's kind of funny, but. Uh, so I was laughing at that, but then at one point they showed them actually doing like test uh, recordings for the music and stuff like that, and like Bono was like like kind of like half singing the lyrics like that he had mm-hmm. wrote, and they're real cheesy like you know I get knocked down and I get back up or something, and he just and I was like oh god this is bad, but <laughs> then that pub song yeah and he goes then I get up again and you're like Bono that ain't your music but uh but then they actually showed it playing with the whole band and it was like. Trying it out once they like you know because they were showing it in the early stages and yeah. they showed it kind of later stage and I was like sitting there going, wow that's actually a pretty good song you know what I mean I was like and especially because there was one part where Bono actually had to step in and sing with the re- rehearsal band so it was almost like mm-hmm. let me show you how it's done kids of course because sixty minute cameras are here of course and it was one of those where like and it, it sounded really awesome because then you sit there and go oh maybe Bono knows what he's talking about all right but. Uh, so I was like half ready to laugh at it and half going, you know what, if I was in New York, I'd probably go see that. So, And we could be, Lon, mm. if people would just okay, now donate. Right. donate to PayPal on the Fanboy Planet website. Send us to Broadway Camp. Let us see Spider-Man, which opens officially in six weeks. So the thing is, this is a, even though the show came to a halt four times on Sunday night, and nobody's talking about well, I guess it's only Tuesday, so perhaps... Uh, Came to a halt? They stopped, they stopped it. it. And at one point, Reeve Carney and whoever's playing this character, Arachne, were suspended in midair for five full minutes. Nice. Stuck they, in the middle take of that the... pink. Yeah, so... Um, pink got stuck in the air? What? She did that... Uh, she was doing the she high She did trapeze rack. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, She got stuck? No. Well, oh. she got knocked off the stage. Oh, or, I don't know. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, they came to a halt four times. They're saying, you know, like this show doesn't really have an ending. Uh, they're Great. not happy with that. They'd, so they don't turn off the dark. At the and end? I've heard mixed, mixed um, or contradictory that the geek chorus, which is like the four guys that narrate the whole thing or supposedly narrate the whole thing. I've read one review that said they disappear from Act Two and it never gets heard it from again. And then somebody else said no, they actually get integrated, like they become part of the story, like they know it's just a comic book story. Yeah, which suddenly makes me feel strangely better about how stylized some of it looks well that's kind of like the narrator in uh into the woods he becomes yeah. part of the story and yeah um but like i said is two different one person interpreted it as they just disappeared yeah and another no interpreted said, as they got integrated into it you know so, you probably have a lot of people reviewing this who just don't know theater yeah. they don't know, they don't they aren't paying attention yeah, well there's a lot of there's a lot of spider-man fans who paid yeah. 350 dollars to be at the opening of this show what they yeah. thought was the opening you know what this and is, i heard that complaint it's like i didn't is, pay 350 dollars for a rehearsal it's like yeah you did it, it was a preview yeah, it was show preview. <laughs> <laughs> you did lady you yeah. did read the contract <laughs> did, you, did you ever hear about the lestat musical Oh, uh, yeah, we tried it out in San Francisco. Yeah, I saw it in San Francisco. And I didn't see that. How <laughs> God, was it? it was horrible. Okay, well, And great. it never got any better, and it didn't last on... I don't think it lasted a year on Broadway. That was funny. <laughs> what? Anyways, um, 
Yeah, the, I think you can find the 60-minute thing online. I think you can, too. Um, it's pretty interesting. It. They did show some of the dance rehearsals, which made me laugh. Um, well, the commercial shows are like these guys being very spidery. Yeah, and I envy the movement. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Did they show like, the Green Goblin character? They did. And? They also showed this other guy who looks like a giant honeybee. With that like, swarm. Right. The Sinister Six a, is there. He's got a he's cute, got, smiling face. It's yes. Ridiculous. Carnage, swarm, electro. pretty cool. So I saw footage today. Somebody, um, Daniel DeFabio, who'd written a couple of articles for us years ago and lives in New York, he sent me an, uh, an MP4 file. Uh, and it looked like it had been taken from the 60 Minutes, but combined with a commercial, so I didn't quit it. But it had, like, all the Sinister Six. You just burped again. I did not. And, oh, my God. I would let you never know come here again and do this. It might just be lingering in my mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. It's stuck on my, yeah, my windshield, <coughs> windscreen. But it showed Electro, like, you know, and shooting the, the sparklers up through his hand and out through his head with nice. his back to the audience. Somebody's getting burnt. Yeah, so Electro... That show is doomed. The Lizard is one of the Sinister Six in this. Yeah. Um, Craven, and I don't know how they're all supposed to fit with Green Goblin and Swiss Miss, and, which apparently the Geek Chorus admits that they, they made up so that, that was their contribution to the Spider-Man myth. So I don't, you know, I, I'm not getting a sense of what the frame is, but again, either it's going to, it's even if it's mediocre, I want to see it, and if it's spectacularly horrible... I want to see it. Like I'm still bitter that they didn't go through with the Batman musical. Um, well, just because the, I heard those songs and I want to hear and I want those. Just the too. flying alone, if they can get it all perfected, looks amazing. Like what they were showing. Yeah, it's a spectacle. Yeah, it's like somebody else come and said, "Well, Cirque du Soleil doesn't have a plot," and people go, "Well, you don't go to Cirque du Soleil to see a, pl- Cirque du Soleil to see a plot." Like, yeah. On one hand, seeing Spider-Man fly around, it's sort of like going to Magic Mountain and seeing the Batman stunt show. I love doing that. It's cheesy. It's awful. I spent fifty bucks to get into Magic Mountain, and I'm willingly spending three hours of it in line and right. watching a twenty-minute stunt show. Um, well, why didn't I go to strip clubs? You know what I mean? It's like paying to have these women <laughs> talk to you. It's kind of like you know, same it's, thing. Well, it's magic. Thank you for suddenly making me feel small and pathetic. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. That didn't really oh. bolster my point. Oh, it's all fantasy. It's all fantasy. That's hey, all I'm hey, if anybody wants to write in and help along with that, sandpaper at fanboyplanet. Send your contributions to send me to a magical world of naked women. Um, it's an illusion. Awkward. <laughs> it's an illusion. Okay, so um, let's uh, go to television, shall we, Lon? Okay. Can we? Okay. I understand you're done with The Walking Dead. Oh, are we going to start this Let's now? Let's start with I, I predict you'll watch the last episode. Oh, I have to. I have I mean, to. I've one put in five hours. Wow, that's Seven. five hours Actually, you could have spent at a strip club. I know. Well, I don't have the... Donations. Send your donations <laughs> into no. Get a job, you deadbeat. Anyway, okay. so... Uh, it, actually, it's more than five hours because my buddy uh, John... Uh, hasn't been able to watch them the night of, so I've been TiVoing them and then showing them again. So I've watched every episode twice now. So, wow. well, no wonder. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've I wanted to you know make sure I've had second opinions or uh-huh. I mean perspectives before I give my opinion. But wow, uh, this is so different than the lawn I know. Well, you must care about this. I do. I love the Walking Dead comic. More than probably the both of you combined, and that I could just be. really it's a new segment. Lon Lopez informed opinion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is the last episode of it. Well, actually, it's only a six-page opinion. But Lon um, Lopez cares. Well, you're not even up, right? You're not even caught up. I on didn't it? see this last episode. All right, so video. turn off his mic, and uh, no, I'm kidding. No, you mean it's your headphones? No, turn off his mic, so he can't speak. Oh, but um, 
I'm still here. Something happened this week, which to me completely changes the coolness of what Walking Dead is. Uh, do we? We can give spoilers, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's it'll be a week. Point, yeah, it'll be a week by the time it gets up. Yeah. Uh, where, where do I even begin here? Just First of all, let's not even get to the spoiler yet. Let's let's talk about. Okay, I've already said I'm kind of. I think my declaration was that the show has jumped the shark. Um, already in its fifth episode. Uh, Rick, you saw the fifth episode, which I believe was titled... Was it Guts? Or was that the one before? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to the title. Episode four was Vatos, so... Uh, or no, this one was called... No. Was it TS? No, it's Wildfire. 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 Right, right, right. That's what it was called. Wildfire. Uh, which, you, don't even get me started on that. Um, well, you know what it's for. What? You know why they call, call Wildfire? Yeah, because wildfire. because the outbreak was titled right. Out Wildfire. Oh, that's a great name for an outbreak. It spread like wildfire. Hey, let's call it Wildfire. You know, it's great called, writing. Great it, writing. The people. world has come to an end. Creativity's out the window. Well, not in this world. Are we still live? Okay. Still yeah. Um, Rick, what did you think of the episode? I was not as bothered by it by you as as you were. Um, well, tell me what you liked. There let's wasn't talk a, about. There wasn't a lot I did. did. Well, let's recap. Let's recap first. What there happened a, in this there episode? There was a lot of digging. And oh, digging! We like no, digging. No, 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 digging, no, no, you no, no, perv. No, this, I no, actually, said this digging. Was, this was the burying. A lot of burying. And a lot of okay. discussion of the burying, and um, then a decision to be moving on and, and leaving somebody behind, and then needing to get somewhere and they got there and they it was kind of like the wizard of oz where they rap on the door and they they you know nobody answers it and they finally somebody answers the door and that was where we left it well we could be a little more specific we don't have to be vague um i thought we were being vague no i just wanted you you usually are the voice of reason so i wanted to let you explain it's true i understand why they're doing this they're doing this because it's a a producer wants to have a big finish to this and so a natural idea is to go to the cdc and see what was being done as far as fighting the zombie so yeah so let's recap basically in this episode they decide rick has this idea not me, the guy in the show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Rick uh, Grimes? Rick Rick Grimes, yeah. yeah. Decides that, and is it based solely on the fact that he's trying to get help for Jim, who's bit? No, because they leave Jim behind. No, but that was the whole reason why they leave. No, it was he just, says, Jim, what if I can get you to help? Right, what, you know? I think that was the spawn of the idea, but then, right. they, then they thought, well, if there's any place we should go to. Well, yeah, there. that's the thing. Is I right. think that already was a, a hole in the story because... The whole reason they're going to the CDC was to get Jim help. Then they leave Jim on the side, and then it's kind of like, well, now we have to go to the CDC because, well, we're already on our way there. Well, uh, Jim asked to be left. Behind. Sure, no, I understand, and that, but that's why I'm just kind of saying this. I'm very frustrated with the writing on the show. I think that's the way a lot of people <laughs> live their lives. Though they they head off in a direction, the reason for them going in that direction drops away, but they're headed there anyway. They've got that. Sure, in the real world, yeah. At the end of the world, though, I don't know. Okay. you got to be a little smarter than that. All right. Um, Not in this world. Right. But remember how I believe I'd said last week or last podcast we did or maybe the, one of them where it was like, I just didn't feel like the writing had any semblance that it really figured out what it wanted to do. It's telling one story. It's telling another story. But in six episodes, I never feel like these six episodes are connected together telling one complete arc everything's just kind of here there wherever it needs to be it has a lot it has the feel of a long pilot 
where they're just trying to throw a lot of elements of what they want I to could sell probably as the see that. Of the show. I could probably see that. And it even, even to the point where in this, this, they have that long part where Rick is talking into the walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's dictating a diary or t- or leaving a voice on somebody's home well, recorder. It's also, Diane, it's also, I need you to send exactly, me. Exactly, exactly. But it, but what it reminded me of is when he later has the telephone. That reminded me of that too, but at the same time, it's another just... It's another writer's excuse for exposition. I right. mean, it's like... Which you do kinda, have to provide to some element, because obviously this is reaching a lot more... Is, by the way, that's the highest rated episode they've had of the Of course, the because so the, 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 the hype keeps spreading every yes. week. and every, Oh, you got to watch the show. you got to watch the show. And they're going to marathon them all on Sunday. And, and people, uh, people, are, people are loving it because it's zombies on TV. And it's, it's, I also think a lot of people are loving it because everybody's telling them they're going to love it. Well, and, a lot of TV works that way. It's viral. But does it... Yeah. Does it also feel like um, that you know they didn't know they were going to have a second season? So yeah, you're right. No, you're right. And the, you, so are they trying to give some? They're trying to give answers to this arc. All right. I, okay. Well, we have to pick it apart. So I don't want to waste any more time. Let me start with it. So go ahead. First thing I hated with it was yes, they get they make the decision to go to the CDC, which. Without any does vote. actually exist. You don't have sure. to quote Center, right. no. don't do the Center air quotes because it is a real place. No, but there's more than one, isn't there? No, there's more than there's, one there's station. One, there's there's more one in uh, the U. There in are Atlanta. In Atlanta, there there is okay. the center for disease. No, control. I understand that, but there can't have more than one center. Let me no. ask you this though: yeah. at the end of the world, it just won't hold. At the end of the world. When you're when you're heading there, the pandemic, the uh, game over there on the shelf, the, it is okay. uh, so featured. So at the end of the world, if you've never been there, how are you going to find the CDC? Let me. Uh, you ain't going to Google Maps it, right? The internet's down. Yeah, it's the end of. What the kind of primitive world? place is this? But I still have my iPhone, right? No, there's no power. So they just hop but in I a go car. Wireless. They no. Here's what happens in the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie or the episode. 15 minutes, let's say, they decide we're going to pack up the camp and go to the CDC, and they they all go, well, that's like 100 miles in the wrong well, direction. They do, decide, okay. they do decide they've got to move on because they've been doing a lot of stuff in that area, and they're afraid that it's not they're safe, gonna, that it's the not safe anymore. Safe. So which, they've got to move on. Which makes sense. That's fine. Yeah. But to pick a magical destination 100 y- miles away... You're right. I would have gone to Wrigley Field. A little strange to me. Yeah. Um, I always want to see it. I would have went to somewhere with water and food, but that's just me. Jesus, pain. Anyways, so they drive there in, you know, I don't know, relatively, 50, you know, uh, 20 minutes real time. Right. And um, then and the last, that. like, 10 minutes or so of the episode, let's say the third act, comes back from commercial and it's a guy talking, like, uh, recording an online video journal or something. Not an online, but a recording a video, a video journal. journal. And you're kind of sitting there going, it, and all of a sudden it just puts the brakes on whatever you've just been watching because you're going... Actually, it doesn't even start with the journal. It starts typing, like t- computerized typing. And it's like Project Wildfire, starting, you know, blah, 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 dates and numbers. And right. then it comes into the video journal. And it's this guy all frustrated, you know, day 145, the, you know, I've done this and I've done that and blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of going, what the heck is this? Why? What is going on here all of a sudden? It's like the hatch and lost when they finally get it's it It's like open. the hatch and lost. It's like uh, Will Smith and I Am Legend. Because apparently this guy's a scientist. He ends up walking into his lab. He pull, he turns on the computers. I'm not liking where this is going. He pulls out a uh, nope. he pulls out a sample labeled, I believe it was like TS19 or something like that. Gets into his lab. 
He's doing. He's playing classical music. When of it course. should have been TS seventeen, right? And uh, basically, he starts so doing. Sound of you adjusting your glasses. That's it. He starts doing an experiment on the tissue sample. Uh, he looks under the microscope. Uh, can see two cells merging, and one cell Spiky like one it. starts to spike and take over the other cell and kill it or whatever. So nope, not liking it. Now I'm getting the feel that this isn't Walking Dead. This is now Resident Evil meets I Am Legend meets every other crappy zombie film. Uh, and then uh, what happens is um, he ends up knocking over some corrosive material, and it right. kills the sample. And, and burns his glo- glove. Well, no, yeah, it starts to corrode his glove, and so he has to run into the safe room or whatever. And then what happens is, you know, uh, everything's automated. So once the alarms are going off, and he gets in like the chemical wash, and he cleans off, and then the room has to be con- decontaminated. So flames just burn. I guess burn off all the oxygen or like whatever wildfire. in the air. Yeah, I don't know about wildfire, but uh, and so then third one. So the guys now the guy that is, joke was for Cardi Angelo. So that guy is totally frustrated now, and he's giving. He leaves another online journal talking about, well, that was my best sample to date. I'm ruined. Well, you know, that was the freshest tissue sample, and you know, I don't know what to do. And I, in the morning, I'm probably going to blow my brains out. And but now I'm drinking this yeah, fine bottle. Now I'm going to get drunk because he had a glass of wine or something. Which is so, exactly what we're going to do at the end of the world. You know, I that. would. You know, I want to party know. like it's 1999. No, I know you are. But uh, so so that totally just. Just swings the, the just whole point of Walking Dead away. Then in the last, I don't know, five minutes, two minutes, Rick. Well, it's more like ten minutes because they have to walk through all that. Space. That was really more like five minutes though, because they yeah. did it so quick. They show up, they pull up in their caravan to the CDC. There's bodies all over, dead zombie and human alike. Probably all just zombie. I don't know. Um, oh no, there were there were there were arm, guys like soldiers and stuff. The, yeah. Uh, so the whole it's against. just uh, carnage all over the place. And so the ten of them or so get out of their vehicles, um, and run up, yeah, tiptoe to the to the very front of the through the corpses. Through the they get to the very front of the CDC. The front door is no God bless you, mind you. Get and they start banging on the walls, and they're like, "Oh no, it's locked!" And then they start to just lose their lose their s. They just go nuts. And then they're all like the 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 amp, like the, the camera moved. The conflict is amped. They're like, we should have went here. No, no, we got a chance. And it's like they all just start losing Are you it. Such poor grammar, man. I'm just trying to paraphrase here. I know. So then at the last minute, Rick sees the camera move because the dude, the, the scientist on the inside, has been watching him. And Rick's all the camera moved. There's somebody inside. They're like, no, we'll give it up. Let's leave. And he's like, so then Rick starts losing his s. And, like, totally different, like, character beat, because the whole time this guy's just been whatever, and all of a sudden he's like, you're killing us! You're killing us! Let us in! And then finally, like, the end of season one of Lost, the door opens up. And, and by the way, it became night very quickly. They are like, in the middle of the afternoon, all of a sudden it starts getting dark. But anyways, Hmm. hatch opens up, light illuminates the group, and the episode ends. I, it sounds to me like this is crap. A, this is a show being um, taken away from Frank Darabont in some ways, or no, from uh, from well, Frank Darabont's the producer, no, the guy no, who brought but it, he's, he's and and, and uh, from Robert Kirkman. Kirkman, that's the guy. Um, it's been taken away from Kirkman by people that have watched sort of a, like a YouTube compilation of the best of other zombie movies and not quite grasped. That you know what I don't know if it makes The Walking Dead unique, but I certainly all of Romero's films too. 
there's no real explanation. It's changed from Living Dead to Living Dead movie as to what actually happened, what yeah. caused it. Yeah. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter. Right. What matters is you are stuck among the reanimated dead that are hungry for you. And there is no cure. There is no salvation. You know, well, the but there's always hope of salvation. Shoot the head. Right. That's but see, that's kind of where I thought the biggest problem of taking them to any kind of technology or civilization, because in the book, and granted, yes, we know it's going, the show's going to deviate from the book, but part of the power that the book had was... They'll be running dead, for one thing. Or speed walking. Speed and, walking. Uh, but part of oh. what the power that the book had was that, yes, they were constantly on the move to survive, but they never have a clue. Oh, that was that was one that came out. Sorry, there was. Uh, um, Don't you understand? We are the walking You're dead. You're killing us. You're killing us. Lon could walk through the zombies right now. They'd never take a second. They would look. not know. So he uh, smells like a corpse. So uh, he's wearing cadaverine. What? No. Anyways, short story. No, but have you read the books? I've read up to issue fifty, I think, or so. Okay. No, I, I, I'm way behind because Image, well, Elusive stop stopped, stopped doing the um, advanced copies uh, a while back. I would, I would say that this is well. What, the big question here is: Are we better off having this than not having had it? <laughs> mm, no. It is better to have loved and gotten a disease than what? No, uh, I mean, I'm it, trying to get your. <laughs> would you, if if they hadn't made it, would you be happier? Yes. You know, no. I, I I see where you're going here because I think that honestly, I feel better about the 1978 Spider-Man series than if it had never existed. The one with Nicholas. Well, Arnold. here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Why I was why I say no, even though it's bad. Because without the show, the rest of us geeks had our own cool book that we could all brag about how awesome it was and how cool and how great. And we turn each other onto it, and everybody would go, "Yeah, you're right. That is awesome." You know what? In a Sorry. year or two, I'm going to be with you because in a year or two, when Fables gets his television series, that's how I'm going to feel. Okay. Well, there you go. Why well, because, I mean, because now everybody's like, "I love The Walking Dead. It's my favorite show." And it's like, "Well, have you read the book?" No, but this is great. I'm trying to remember which author it was who said, but somebody was saying how uh, how was it Orson Scott Card? No, I that that Hollywood had ruined his novel. Sure. And he said, you don't understand. Hollywood did nothing to my novel. My novel is still good, and it's still as good as it was mm-hmm. before Hollywood adapted it for a, a film. Yeah, a film Alan Moore on said it. that once, too. Was it? No, I think <laughs> it was, I think you're right. It was Orson Scott Card, but uh, but uh, Alan Moore did say it once. Yeah. And then went, I've changed my mind. <laughs> Death I've, upon your now descendants. I've, now I've cast right. a spell so, on them. Okay, so let's just they go. deal with Barbatos. Let's just say I don't. Okay, let's say just aside from cha- deviating from the original comic. Okay, let's say I can forgive that. Let's say that. What I can't forgive is the writing has not been very is succinct. The right word, perhaps, it's very succinct or kind of on on a certain point. I feel like with I believe then succinct is your correct within phrase. within six well done, ep- within six episodes. I really don't feel within five. I should say I really don't feel there has been a continuous solid arc that the story has been moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like. When I originally started watching, I thought the acting was good, and now in this fifth, fifth episode, I really don't think the acting's that good at all. Um, I feel like the directing has gone down. I feel like, you know, you can take these directors, put them in the middle of an Atlanta, you know, forest, and just let them have, you know, let them just do stuff. It just really kind of was weak. I think like, uh, 
I have like, certain acting problems. Was uh, the guy? What's his name? Noah Remit. He plays uh, Daryl Dixon. Uh, I always think it's funny that whenever he needs to show that he's upset with the group, he just yells, "Y'all chain my brother to a roof." Uh, that would be Norman Reedus. Norman who was, Reedus. He was in the Boondocks. Sense. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just uh, saying. I couldn't remember his name, but he's always yelling that whenever, just yeah. inappropriate times. Yeah. Um, I think I, the other thing I know is who's John. Is it Turrets. John Barenthal, the guy who plays Shane? He was in uh, the Pacific. Uh, I've noticed that his southern accent kind of comes in and comes out, okay. and then I noticed that I've now a lot, I've read a lot of these complaints. Now he's gotten lazy, and instead of trying to do the accent, he ends every sentence with "my" to like make. He's like, "Come on, don't do that, man!" You know, to make it sound like he's a southern guy or whatever. Watch it next time and see how many times okay. he goes. Oh, there, man. Well, I think listen up, man. When I watch the fifth episode, Wildfire, mm-hmm. I will find out. I also think that Glenn's character all of a sudden, like, had, like, just unexpectedly just turned all emotional when they were burying the corpses and stuff. I just, yeah. it's just uneven. The whole thing is just uneven. And then to turn it on its head and to add this I Am Legend Resident Evil aspect to a book that never used it, never needed it. Yeah. Well, hang on. <laughs> Jump the shark. We're not even sure that uh, they're going to go to that place, right? So let's assume that uh, that they've been treating it like it's a like it's a virus or something, mm-hmm. but it's actually supernatural, right? I don't just want any explanation. Just, just no, no, you're not going to get it. Maybe you're not going to get an explanation. Okay, okay. The, the, Sorry, I didn't mean to yell at you. It, it it did exist. I'm I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. I'll get you later. Okay. Um, let's talk. Uh, no, no. He said he's going to get you later. <laughs> oh, okay. So it, it, if Let there was finish. something like this, the scientists would be. Looking at it doesn't mean they figured it out. Doesn't mean they know where it came from. No, I don't have a problem with that. It, it could be hell on earth. It's okay. a metaphor for AIDS. No, no, no. Here's my problem with having any kind of technological anything in the story. Why? Because in the comic, here's what happens. In their natural progression, they start in this little camp. They the camp gets attacked. They have to move. They find a farm, which was way better than the camp. Right. They have food. They have animals. That wow, it's hey, this is much better than before. They find out the farm isn't as safe, so they have to move again. Then they get lucky and find the prison. prison. And then the prison's like the greatest thing on earth because it's got gates around and it's safe and whatever. And then what happens is you know they get attacked again, and then they have to keep moving, keep moving. So I guess my point of this is is that if you start, if you put this completely barricaded scientific awesome like stronghold in the first story arc what wonder are you going to get from a little farm what wonder are you going to get from a prison what um, you know what i mean like how mm-hmm. are these characters going to get any more excited we're going to get michonne that's all that you know or michelin whichever michonne you know, yeah, yeah that you know what i'm saying so to me that just takes all the wonder out of the story of i mean think about when they first roll up on a prison after they've gone through all this hell and had no kind of running water maybe they won't have yeah. run but no shelter nothing real and they find this thing it's an amazing revelation but it's not anymore that's taken away so now anytime they find it it's just I oh, yeah, big I everything, everything had a downside though because like, of course the, no but that's the part the, of the fun the of the prison story. they had to clean out and they yeah had to, but the str- but the strength of the graphic novels or let's say okay, of the comics have been that each story arc ended on a level that went Oh wow! Okay, right. you, yeah. you see the world expanding, or you see your excitement about it expanding. Right, and that's the other thing too is I don't like, and this is granted, this is only spoiled in the coming attractions for next week's episode. But they show them talking to the scientist, and the scientist tells them, "Oh, well, no, don't tell me." Well, I have to. Oh, the scientist tells them, "Oh, well, France was the uh, 
the last to go. France was the last to go, you know, before we found out it went uh, global. So he literally tells him it's a global thing. And to me, it's like in the story of The Walking Dead, you don't even, they've never even made it past the, the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, they don't know they that don't, yet. Yeah. They're still in the East. They don't know that you know, they could. They still think there could be hope on the other side. You know what I mean? Right. So, so to have some character tell them, yeah, you're screwed. There's nothing left. Everything's global. You know what I mean? It's like that's taking okay. away that. You kill. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. It's over. We're Jump done. Shark. You know, ironically, the episode in which Fonzie jumped the shark was one of the highest rated of Happy Days. <laughs> so, what did Donald Glover say? You know, there was a show shark. called Happy Days where a guy jumped, or he actually jumped a shark. And, and it, it was, was the awesome. best one ever. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. I, I want to say it's the best one, but it was one you know, of it's the funny th- as a kid. I, that was like my favorite one. Of course it was. Um, but now as an adult, I realize, yeah, that's when he got stupid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I was done with the show before that. I still think <laughs> "jump the shark" is one of the best terms ever coined it is in the good, last it ten is years. Good, it is a good term. Uh, so uh, I just wanted to. Should we turn to Smallville? It's something that you and I care about. Sure. Okay. I need to. You guys talk. I just need a break because I'm so worked. I did not. I did not walk away from you. Oh, you! I hate you. I'll talk from here. Oh my God. No, jeez. Oh, great. Lonald the Hutt is right over here. <laughs> oh. Steve, get on the back. You can, you can be salacious crumb. <laughs> I just had to burp. That's why I'm over here. Go. Oh, I was hoping crap. that you weren't doing something else. Oh, wow. Man, the paint just peeled. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you watched it. I, I'm, I'm one behind on Smallville as well. I th- okay. No, no, I think I'm caught up because the, obviously I for Thanksgiving one, weekend there wasn't maybe anything. one. No, there wasn't one? Okay, so, so I'm did you, So you're up with... Uh, with Deathstroke the Terminator, which they didn't yes. actually ever call him that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Lon also I'm back. But he was there. He was there. Who plays Deathstroke the Terminator? The guy from Battlestar Galactica that played Colonel Ty. No way! Yeah, yeah. he was pretty good too, dude. And they were setting it up. I think they're setting it up that he will come back in a superpowered way. Yeah. He was not. Was he awesome? Ty, he, he was. I, I thought he was very intense. So he's, in, in in Battlestar, he, Ty was the one he lost an eye. I was just gonna yeah. go there. So yeah. They, yeah. yeah, they ended the episode with him typecasting, getting, getting yeah. the patch. Um, Does he have sons in this one? Uh, they haven't said anything other than yeah. he's just. Dude, kind of, you uh, you know what? You just sorry, I didn't even know they're going there, but you could do a whole TV show on Deathstroke, the Terminator. With his sons uh, and well, the, affairs yeah, with the kids. Thing, the and thing that they're tying it into is he's all part of the huge uh, apocalypse storyline. That's stupid. Right. Which, no, it's not. I get I get what they're doing, and sometimes you have to step back and go, but can, it's can okay. We, can we not agree, though, that a Deathstroke TV show would be, be awesome? It'd be great. You could do like family drama. You could do ter- you could do a, a family assassinating assassins. drama. No, it's not, he's he's it's, not crazy. You could it's do not, love it's stories. Totally hasn't happened before. The thing I realize is you know when you're setting up a TV universe, and I and I finally just That's give over to this is like the adventures of Aquaman separately are not going to be interesting. Although what I like about what they've been doing is assuming that a lot of things have happened. It is offhanded in that episode that oh by the way. Uh, Arthur Curry, AC, aka Oren, has actually discovered all the Atlanteans. Right. Married Mira. Married Mira. And it's all just taken at face value that she just says it and nobody goes, wait a minute, I'm sorry, you, um, and she likes to take her clothes off, by yes, the way. Yes. And, and you discovered, I can't believe that didn't get long, a hot redhead gets, gets naked. That was um, night. but, uh, ow. Yeah, but this time you didn't have to pay. It was just on the CW. And, um, 
And it, nobody nobody blinks or says anything right. like, oh, you created it. You found another race. Well, we've got Kryptonians. Why not Atlanteans? Exactly. Okay. Nobody asks about it. Right. Nobody. You're the king. You're AC. You're a dork. You're the king. You know, nobody questions it. Um, because it is all still, this is, Smallville is like this encapsulated television version of the DC universe. No it's all, it's all, even though Clark Kent is at the center of it, it's like a crisis. Every season is a crisis yeah. with Clark Kent at the center of it. Yes. And so I, it was suddenly like a, a weight lifted off of me as I went, while they're also trying to still kind of make it. Not you can't say real world because you still have superpowers, but in a believable way in a world without spandex. You know what I like about this season though, because they're coming to the end and they won't have time to reveal everything. Oh, later. by the way, they've also said, "Oh, we're not absolutely positive this really? is the last season." Oh my god! Because their ratings have been going up and up. Yeah, you know why? They're not doing the stupid WB. Uh, right, they're actually uh, telling story. a story. Right, and so you don't have. Clark isn't keeping dumb secrets from Lois, and he's got... Well, there is one dumb secret he was keeping until this episode. By the way, there's this unstoppable evil force that preys upon the darkness in men's souls. I forgot to tell you about that. Right, right, right. But at least he's told her about it now. And there's, there's not... They don't have whole well, episodes. Well, he hadn't told anybody, which well, the, was... But he's got the whole crew. The whole yeah. crew's in on it. Yeah. And, you know, it's moving the story along. You have more interesting Although characters. Although I want Impulse back. Where's Impulse? Yeah, that's But true. anyway, go ahead. You have more interesting characters. You have more interesting plot lines when the whole crowd is unified and trying to figure this out instead of having the little infighting yeah. bits between them. And they, they had a couple little flare-ups there, but not Yeah, not yeah I've got an idea. Had been. Yes. Okay, so... Is the reason why they're stopping the shows because Tom Welling doesn't want to be on it anymore? Pretty much. So why don't we end it with Death of Superman, <laughs> or Blur in this case, right? And he reincarnates as... He has a clone at Superboy, so you bring back a younger Superman-type Brilliant. dude. And then you can still do your Smallville, still have a Superman-type and character. He's, he's having an affair with an older woman. Well, no, they have officially... I mean, they've moved what I said they were going to, which is that the show is really called Smallville because... Lois calls him Smallville. Smallville. I know. Yeah, but and which was a transition I knew it just had to be where people complain. Even though Smallville is apparently a suburb of Metropolis. Uh, I thought it's like two blocks down from the Daily Planet. Yes. I thought Smallville was in Kansas. I know. It keeps getting closer. <laughs> the uh, the CW Earth is very, is very oh, tiny. Right. small. Kansas is it's a suburb of Metropolis. It's actually limited to about five blocks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no wonder the Flash the gets same around so five quick. blocks yes. every episode. Yes, don't get caught under that monorail. <laughs> the worst stuff happens there. Exactly. Consistently. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm digging where it's going. And yeah. uh, I, this is the first season in about three years that I've, I've kept up to date each week because I just, I've got, what are you going to do now? What revelation are you going to tell me now that I'm going to go, what? That's crazy. And the chem- okay, that the makes sense. The chemistry between Clark and Lois has been really good. Erica Durance is the... F- the exception would be Dana Delaney in the animated series. Uh, yeah. Those are the only two Loises since the original whatever Noel Neal that I've ever bought. I oh. did not like Terry Hatcher's Lois Lane in the in the. I, well, I didn't like Lois and Clark all that much. Um, I I've never really liked Margot Kidder. Yeah. It's a horrible, deep, uh, dark confession. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Erica Durance is like that's the first time I've seen a Lois Lane when I go. I get why he likes her. Yeah. Does Erica Durance put the fire in your pants? She's feisty. Okay. Well, I sat down with her, and she actually has a much higher pitched voice. Uh, oh my god! It's not quite like that, but oh, okay. um, 
Uh, <laughs> no, she's not a dolphin. <laughs> but that would totally be sexy. Because um, dolphins have blowholes. What, what point was that? What? Anyway. That's true. All I did was say the truth. <laughs> it's just the implication. Dolphins the con- have blowholes. It's the connotation. I can't even say a blowhole. No. Stop saying it. Okay. Anyway. Uh... So, uh, no, I like her. And then, you know, the Tess is, like Cassidy Freeman was saying at Comic-Con, she was hoping that Tess would turn out to be a good guy because she just wanted to be in that right. in that walk she wanted at to be the in. end. But she says, I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm watching it going, no, I really don't want them to make her evil again. I think she's flip-flopped yeah, enough. She's I been think, fine. I think I'm really happy with her as a good guy. Let her be Oracle. With a little bit of darkness to yeah, her. And, yeah, a little edgy. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm okay with it. So I've... I even, you know, I said I dug what they did with Granny Goodness. Uh, yeah, you, you know, I'm and the uh, Furies and the Furies. So I, how's this season going to end? If you could predict it, uh, he's going to have a fight with. They're going to cast somebody as Darkseid. They're going to have a physical manifestation of Darkseid. They'll probably have they established Michael Clark Duncan. Have they established Terrible Turpin? Because they might do what they did with Final I Crisis. They killed Turpin. They did kill Turpin. So there'll be something like I mean. You know, this is picked up from Grant Morrison. This is Final Crisis. That I think that the Dark Side will just ultimately possess someone himself and yeah. then make a physical manifestation. One of the best um, best Kirby stories ever was the Turpin showdown with Kabalak, the the fight. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, Kabalak, 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 Kabalak. I couldn't. Kabalak. Yeah. Like when I say blowhole, Dark Seed. Yeah, yeah, we have a lifetime of habits to correct you yeah. from. Magneto. Uh, I think he's going to... No, that one's right. Oh, um, Magneto. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but they're going to be... Uh, you know, I think that's going to end with a physical... And then he will put on the suit, and that'll be the end of it. Because they've, they've definitely been clearing that. And Do they have the rights to the John Williams theme? Yes, because they have used that in episodes really? before. Yeah, when Christopher Reeve appeared and was giving revelations, oh. they would play in the back. And it was like, oh, that's made me. Just, it just moved me. Um, so All they right, do have the rights, but they've been very sparing with that. We should move on. Uh, and on that line, uh, DC, uh, Warner Brothers did announce that the All-Star Superman DVD will be coming out on uh, February 22nd, 2011, oh. which just makes me sick to realize... We're almost to 2011. I'm not supposed to be this old. The world wasn't supposed to last this long. I don't it's know. It's the future, man. It's the future. I know where we my gotta fly- go back in I know, time. I know. I know where my flying car is. I don't mm. trust anybody else to drive a flying car, so I'm okay with that. Um, Young Justice debuted last Friday. So, what do we think about that? This new animated series. I really was impressed. I kind of was too. I, 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 what I was most impressed was they brought in the new Aqualad character. Right off the bat. Well, they actually created the the him for the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, did they? Before they integrated him into I uh, didn't know that. Brightest Day. I don't know if I quite like that character. No? I, I like the character. Justin was watching and he really thought it was great. He'd never seen him, seen him before and he thought the that was a great character. powers were very strange. The fact that he's got like But these weapons. were batons that he yeah, has to... But, yeah, but they're electric based. Like he's an electric eel. Yeah. Yeah. Which but, is what they're implying in Brightest Day. But, no, but he has mechanical... Diff- yeah, but he and he swims underwater. Uh, he uh, no, they, they, nothing about him says they're mechanical. They could just be pieces of metal to be conductors. He electrocutes people though, so he has that power. He has electric charge. Uh, there's powers. an implication right. that he, ha- he has different powers because he's Black Manta's son. Um, oh, that fine. he's not Aquaman's son. So there's not. Uh, they haven't really delved too deeply into it yet and explained. So and even less on this TV show. Yeah, and he does have psychic powers. Though. I really liked the introduction of Superboy. Oh yeah, I thought that was well, really well oh, done. Yeah. Wait, I like I, the, I liked their version of the Guardian. 
Yeah. So can I ask the question? Did Cadmus really have little Furbies that sit on your shoulder and control yes, your yes, mind? Yes. That and was so stupid. Was that, I was in and out of the room. Was that Dublex at one point? Yeah, a really weird redesign of double X. Du- oh, okay. Dublex? Double X. Uh, Is it double X? Here's what you have to remember. I never had to pronounce these things when I was reading them as a kid. Kirby just changed the spellings, but the pronunciations were the most mind-thuddingly <laughs> obvious pronunciations you could go Double with. X, okay. And that you tried to make it too complex. I tried to make them sound You damned engineer! <laughs> hey, I like double X. <laughs> double X. It's double X. Um, because he has a double X chromosome. Uh, I Got it. Know. So do I. Okay. That explains. No. No. Anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, I didn't like the redesign of him. I thought that was it was too overtly demonic. The one with the horns? It looked too much like, like Hellboy, basically, like, a real, who, like an anorexic Hellboy, yeah. when that's not what Double well, that X was. Well, that was what I, I thought they were trying to go for that. And so, wait, answer me this. So, at the he end... He goat eyes, though. And, when, yeah. when, when Superboy, like, realizes he wants to be free or whatever, and mm-hmm. Double X... Is uh, telling him She's just doing that to piss me. Oh, off. Sorry, now. I forgot. It's really called double X. When double X, double X seven, cha- like he what he he like tells him mentally. He's like, brother, go free and do all this. Mm-hmm. Was that yeah. from the comic, really, or is that just a? Um, it's, it's hazy because I think he had telepathy. Yeah, he, he did have telepathic, telepathic powers. I think double X is now actually dead in, in the continuity. current continuity. Yeah. Well, that would explain it. Double uh, X over his eyes. You know, I, no, you know, I, that just seemed kind of weird to me because it made him seem more of a freak than the DNA alien. He's all, that's what he was. They called it, Jack Kirby called him. He was the Double X, the DNA alien. No, I meant Superboy. When all those creatures were like, mm-hmm. "You're our brother and set us free," and blah blah blah. So it was kind of like, well, I mean, he's, he's like, he is a clone. I mean, no, I know, but did they? I mean, did they expose that his his or, his real origin? No, they didn't say anything. They established that he didn't have heat vision, that he had a, a little differentiation in power, and no explanation has been there. What I really I bought into, because I realized that the Avengers cartoon is doing the same thing by saying there's this breakout of the prison, so they've got to right. capture these, you know, so the show will last as long as they want to spin out these 57 villains that are on the loose. By creating this sort of conspiracy of the light, this organization that's working in the shadows behind... The Justice League. Wait, how does the light work in the shadows? I know it's a contradiction Weird. that's supposed to totally make it's a very blow your mind. Oh light. my god! Yeah, but it's is it obvious though that Lex Luthor is going to be one of the light members? I was trying to figure out. It looked like one of them might be the Monarch, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Girlfriend. That'd be awesome. I was trying to figure out like if they were if they were giving us clues in the silhouettes. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was a great setup. Yeah. And I, I even looked, down to the subtle moment of, you could tell from the beginning, the Red Tornado was uncomfortable with the dismissal. I and mean, that's great. That's really surprisingly you know good animation. Yeah. Even though you know that's where it's going to head, if you had read Young Justice, that that's I didn't who would be re- their I didn't mentor. read Young Justice at all. Who is the the female Martian? Oh, I was just going to go there. It was no, all, she's a Teen Titan. It was all good until oh, that. She is a member of the Teen Titan. She's a white Martian who John Jones has... In the in the was it countdown or fifty two fifty two in the time when Superman Batman and Wonder Woman were gone, uh-huh. um, they suddenly you know and all the DC books jumped forward a year. Suddenly, Megan Mraz was there as uh, Miss Martian, okay. and there was and this explanation came that she was a white Martian who had broken away from the others, and so Jean 
during the year that yeah, we missed her. took that took her absence and so she so when she's like knocked unconscious she turns into a white martian form but she chooses to have the green martian form okay. uh to so it was good until he, he said oh here take care of my little niece yeah, the, uh, I didn't like the introduction of her. I'm glad she's a member because I think she's an interesting I lo- character. I love the mo- my favorite moment was I think they're going to put Zatara in too, which would be interesting. That's the, interesting. The magician, the new one, the the young, the, the young one who's well, Zatanna's like, younger cousin. Didn't they say Zatara? He was the guy who summons them. The older, the older one does oh, okay. John Zatara, but. Uh, Anyway, so, it wasn't Peter so, Zatara? No. So the scene where they're all bringing... He's off of Chicago. Where it's oh, take, okay. take your sidekick to work day, right? Yeah. And and, uh, and Speedy obviously knows a lot more about the station and stuff. Well, he's obviously and, older, too. Right, right, right. But but Batman's staring down Green, <laughs> green Arrow. He's going, <laughs> hey, he was going to figure it out himself <laughs> anyway. Well, because, no, because I, it was like he told them, yeah. No, but it was a great Batman Green Arrow. But, but I also think moment. that there's... Set, yeah, oh. there was a lot of great interaction. Yeah. And well, well drawn. Oh, the, um, the older heroes looked awesome. I yeah. wanted to see a Justice League I with did. him. I did. Yeah, and that they're setting up. You know, I, that Roy will come probably come back as Arsenal because that's what he would be in the or a Red Arrow. Um, and then they've already said that. It's and then he'll get his arm ripped. A, a character off. like a character came, named Artemis, who seems more we've seen in designs, looks more like Arrowette, but they haven't established that yet. So didn't they show her in like one of the cut? Yeah, the, uh, the promos in the commercial. Yeah. I didn't see the promos. Yeah. So. Um, Anyway, I just thought it was, it was a great launch. I'm really surprised. I, I shouldn't be at say I was surprised. I, I wasn't... I, I'd like, explained I, to Justin, like, there's a whole Arrow family now. I didn't have a strong feeling one way or the other about this. I thought the silliest thing was Jeff John saying that they're fitting it into the 52 Earth continuity, that it'll be that this is happening in a continuity on a planet so they can visit it in comics. But um, I really enjoyed it. So, you know, it was good. Happy with that. Can we? Do we talk about that? I, we, let's, let's clear... For next, the next time we meet, will be two weeks. That's I'm true. Be That's true. And I, yeah, um, yeah, because I'm just not sure what we can actually say about. Let's this. go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and do it right now, and we'll leave all this in, and I can just cut it out, and then we'll do a clean cut out. If we check over our, yeah, yeah, P- maybe our we can just write back to them and say, "Is it okay?" Is, yeah, and for we'd be launching on Sunday, so I'll, I'll write them and say, "Can we talk?" I've about got to post like Thursday or Friday. Because I'm going to be going okay, on Saturday. Then I'll try. I will email them tonight and see. Okay. Anyway, Rick and I got invited to the DC Universe Online beta test. So we have been playing DC Universe for the last week. Yeah, oh. on and off. And so it's very buggy. Uh, but I'm pleasantly surprised. It's exceeding my expectations. Is I, it? Okay. I, I'm fine. Tell me why. It's more fun than I was having with City of Heroes. And certainly more fun than I was having with Champions. It is cool encountering other heroes and villains that you actually know. Right. I, I, the, the fun factor is way up, and they've made a lot of decisions in the way this game plays that you don't have to you don't have to sweat blood to get to certain levels. That's true. I found sweat it, blood. Well, you, I found it very easy to level up. That's true. You 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 you. And you don't have to level. I'm only level five, right? And I can fly, and I've got you know six. And or don't seven get me wrong, I'm enjoying it. I'm just having. I, there's clearly some programming things that have to be fixed, right? And voices that need to be redone. I haven't had as many. And I don't know if it's. You know, I'm not going to ju- be judgmental on you and your I'm computer. Currently, but for, I have a very good. I know you have laptop. a very good computer, and and. But, 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 but you're right. A laptop been, is probably not as good as a top line. I've not been having desktop. as much trouble as you with, with my uh, my computer. Um, the the 
The storylines have been interesting. I'm playing a villain character. The yeah, that's the interesting thing to me. I, I didn't really, I haven't tried that yet. So yeah, and and it's not really. I didn't really know that I was going to be because you go into it and it says which template do you want. I'm thinking they're going color scheme, and yeah. in fact, my template was I chose the Luther template, which. Uh, I just thought I wanted like those colors. <laughs> I wanted purple and, and yeah. fuchsia, and uh, so that's what those are the colors I use. And I come into it, and I'm going, "Oh, I'm I'm a villain. I'm I'm getting messages." So where do you wake up? Uh, where did I wake up? Uh, I w- w- let's see the first mission. The first missions. So you wake up places. Well, I, I'm in at the beginning of the game. You I'm in part your character, I'm, and then I'm you in wake part up. of Metropolis. Okay, but I'm like an island off off Metropolis okay. is like. So you haven't played the hero side yet at all. Not at all. Okay, so hero side, you wake up in Brainiac satellite and you have to fight your way out. Oh no, I did that part. That's the training mission. So everybody wakes up in in Brainiac I satellite. I think so. You okay. first you have to take on but the then Brainiac guys. Superman comes in and helps me fight Lex him. Lex comes in. Ah, Lex comes in in the battle suit. Okay, at the end. And uh, and you help you help fight it off and fight him off and uh, not Lex but the uh, the big Brainiac character mm-hmm. that's in the ship yeah then you get out and then you're in Lex's uh, Lexagogo place uh, he's got a he's got a nightclub downtown that uh, now and I, I don't say and and again don't know if this is on the villain side but what I've really loved is when you complete a major mission against one of the villains yeah it goes into a motion comic yeah explaining their threats. And what their long term plans are. So, like, I fought, I fought Grodd, I fought Queen Bee, and I fought Brainiac. Oddly enough, I fought Queen Bee. I fought Power Girl. And I had to get, I had to get some of Power Girl's DNA because, uh, <laughs> because, because uh, Lex had to, Lex had an experiment he wanted to do. I bet. Uh, a large part of large part of the the villain mission has to do with uh, the parasite. And making clone, uh, doing a mutagen that can be applied to people to make them into the clones of the parasite. I I encountered those clones okay. at one point, just kind of like running by. There's a lot of missions that I've only brushed up against because you're in a, an area where they are. Yeah. So, but at the same time, there is an there's the Brainiac invasion going on in various parts of the city mm-hmm, where you have to the go in and, and fight. You have to, at one point, uh, they were stealing kryptonite, and Lex wanted his kryptonite back, and so you had to go get that. And um, Yeah, I'm not sure how this works in a larger thing, but I noticed some time passed that when I started the game on, I think I started Tuesday night, played a couple hours Tuesday night, which was, I think, the second day that it, the beta was open. Um you know, I, I broke out. I was fighting in Metropolis. Everything was fine. And then um, when I went back in Sunday night, and I played like Tuesday, Wednesday, and then that was it on, until Sunday night, that Brainiac's plans had actually advanced, and he had taken over buildings uh-huh. that had not been taken over before. Yeah, I went I went into the main part of Metropolis. Um, oh, no, I was in Gotham City. I went to Gotham City, and I found these – buildings that were encased almost like they were in honey jars or yes that's what it, i'm saying finding that metropolis i haven't been okay. to gotham city yet yeah so i and i'm assuming that's part of the the brainiac mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what i think they weren't originally on the the first oh, okay. couple nights i was playing and then they're in there and so I, well things subtly open up for you too like there are areas you can't get into and, and then later you, you can. can yeah yeah 
Well, it's sort of, uh, I went up to the Watchtower, and the Watchtower is like a kind of a, just a exploratory mission, find everything. That's where you find Ambush Bug. And so is there a flip side for that? Ambush Bug is in the kitchen of the Watchtower cooking. Uh, and No, I haven't run into Ambush Bug. They have uh, – so, yeah, he is – there must be an, an equivalent side he, where he gives you a little badge that allows you to teleport into a place where there's a lot of uh, – where I've teleported into is the the Joker's lair, where there's all these gifts while these giant uh, billiard balls are rolling around that are bombs that are exploding. So you have to dodge those and open the gifts and get the the items and, and so forth and the cash and whatever else that's in there until the Joker gets tired of it and then says, you get out of my place. Okay. Um, but when I went into the, the watchtower, uh, the, the ambush bug said he was going to be in the kitchen and then he turns out to be like on a training floor. And on one side, there's ambush bug who gives missions and the other side is beast boy who gives missions. But what I don't think is open yet, but you know, cause they, they closed us off. Right. We were limited to, to nine level two. We could only get up to level nine for oh, the first few that. days. Oh. And so then they've opened up like, so like last night I went in and people were going, like, yeah, I'm, I'm 15. So they, I think they've gone up to 30 cause I've gotten the, uh, you know, I've been offered items that I that said you have to be, have, be level thirty to play right, them, and right, I can't, I've seen so it. I can't buy them. There's there's a lot of places where I could get things I can couldn't use, but a lot of the things aren't yet um, that they're promising. Are like Beast Boy says, if you come back every day, Beast Boy will have a new mission for you every day. Cyborg oh, okay. will have a new mission mission for you every day. There's another place where Cyborg is. Hawkman's in a place you can buy Thanagarian armor. See, I can't I, yet. It's in like level the, fifty, in the, but. In the Luther's area, there are um, you can teleport into the Hall of Doom, uh, where you can go and talk to Tala uh, mm-hmm. Tala Agul and uh, did I do Talia. Talia 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 Agul. Um, the name of this episode should be Rick can't pronounce names. <laughs> uh, Rick has read silently to himself for forty I have, years. I've never had to say these things aloud. <laughs> things r- things Rick never says aloud. Exactly. Do my ex. No, I've already, I've already named. The, I've already named the podcast, and it has something to do with crab. Um, oh no! The Lon's got crabs. We give him the good ones. What, what we should should talk about is like the character generation, which I found was. It's actually really, Janarshron. Okay, <laughs> that was really quite good. Glad you woke up and rejoined us, Lon. And and the uh, idea that uh, when you get things, when you get new objects, you can they can be added to your character and can optionally affect your. Appearance. I'm having a lot of fun with that. And and I, I and I, I just as a, years ago playing City of Heroes, I. I I, I, it, it tugs at my heartstrings a little more to have the average citizens actually screaming for help. It bothered me in City of Heroes when I would have to run past them and go, "Sorry, I'm on a mission." While people are obviously getting mugged, right? And, and now that they're calling out to me, I'm like, "Oh crap! I have to stop and help them." Um, it's just the nobility of me. It's, but um, if like you took away life. the DC factor, and you're going to be better, th- I'm having fun. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun, and and I do. I mean, I am enjoying it more than City of Heroes because, but I enjoyed City of Heroes for the same reason. I just love pretending like I'm a comic book character. But if you took away the DC factor, you as a guy who can be more dispassionate as a – you've played a lot more games. You've played a couple more MMORPGs than I have. Right. How does it hold up? It holds up really quite well as far as the way the way they're forming the, the your progression and your powers and stuff. Um, I think they've got some some UI problems. You were having trouble figuring out how to talk to people. It took me a little while to figure that out. I still have not figured that and out. They they are not. But I am the lame gamer, so they, I know this. They are not state of the art on chat at all, because most most of the systems they have a chat window that you can leave up, and in this one it's much more static 
to uh, to you have to be in this chat mode. Well, they're using it both as communication where the text when the characters are speaking to you, right. like when Superman gives you a mission or Oracle comes in, and that's the same window where people are actually talking and and, and then whatever the character is assigning you that supersedes everything, right? And I, I just feel frustrated that I haven't figured it out. But again, like I said, I'm kind of a lame gamer. I understand why I don't figure it out. It took me a while to even to, to toggle from different aspects of, you know. Knowing what the icons meant at the yeah. bottom and stuff. Um, so, and at this point, there's a lot of placeholder voices, too. I, and so it's a little weird to have, like, Adam Baldwin being Superman. You've got Gina Torres being Wonder Woman. And then some guy playing... Uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. And I mean, huh? literally, it's a guy's voice. There's like clearly, hey, Mister J. There's these placeholder like voices. No, it's more like, hey, Mister hey, J. J. It's a guy just reading no. it so they can do the scratch track. So the scratch, I mean, which says there's a, and I don't think they're even planning to go live until like you know in two months. So we've got a, got some time. There's clearly a lot of vocals coming in, and so it'll, be, it'll be interesting to to see it when yeah. it's all finished. The lights are going out, so if you have questions, comments, compliments, <laughs> commentary, we must rush before Steve locks us in here. Write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com, racing store manager Steve Simonetti to get out of here. You're mine now. Oh no. <laughs> Go on. Take us out. Oh, I have to do it? No, you have to say the next part. You have to say who you are. Oh, uh, 204 episodes later. <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, this is Lon Lopez. And it's- I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Hello, dum dum. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Lukeski at www.lukeski.com.